Hello and welcome to the Fen and Chat Hour. We're joined as usual by our co-host Amanda Carlin. Hello, producer Dave. Hello. Uh, this is Monday the 20th of April 2020, uh, especially if you're living, listening again on the podcast. Uh, this is episode 11. I'm impressed that we've got this far. Um, <laughs> we have made some changes, so from now on, uh, we'll only be doing two shows a week, so we'll be on Mondays and Thursdays. And I wanted to just give a big shout out to the Cam's Times because they did a a, a nice article on us uh, a couple of days ago, Friday, I think. It was Friday a very th- nice article. It was. It's good to good to get recognition. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've had much response from that. Uh, yes. Yes, it seems to it, it seems to have gone down well, the article, and um, I think people like it when their town or their village is put on the map. Exactly, yeah. So it's always nice when yes. people are certainly some some of the rural communities when they they get a, a shout out or a thumbs up just for 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 just general general life. Yes. Because I can imagine a lot of them are overlooked, just being so small and not insignificant, but just they just don't do things that would normally be registered would register on on normal uh, media. You know, people just live their lives and just get on with things. So, it, it, I'm sure it's good to for the residents to hear them getting shouted at and some kind of recognition. Yes. So, yes. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, I was quite pleased when I saw it because I actually had someone message us to say, "Oh, you're famous then." I'm like, we are, because <laughs> I'd been following, I'd been checking for a couple of days and nothing had happened, and I'd heard nothing from them. There's no emails or anything like that, so I kind of just ignored it and thought, "Oh well, maybe they haven't run with it or they haven't received it or something." So it was nice, nice surprise when it came up. What do you know? Um... I knew because Antonio, do you remember our gladiator at Stony Camp? Yes, I do, yes. Yes, so so Antonio had, had um, <laughs> he tagged us, I think, and said, is that you? Yes. <laughs> do you think you would mind if we put a picture of him in, in his um, gladiator garb? No, I don't think he would. I think he'd be delighted for us to do that. Just so our, our viewers can see... Yes. Oh, please do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll do that. Yeah, we've we've had some good good coverage from that and good res- good responses and and people are picking up and lo- a lot of support as well, which I'm really pleased with. A lot of people are, are very positive about what we're doing, and especially the in result of the um, the lockdown guidelines that we covered in the last episode. Yeah. There's been quite positive response to that as well. Yeah, people clearly needed some confirmation over what it all meant. And it was interesting when we were going through it because it raised points for us as well, didn't it? Yeah, a lot of clarification as well of what you can and can't Mm. do. And I think that's only going to come with time. All those uh, restrictions and limits and guidelines were already there. It's just getting everyone to understand what it is and getting the police to understand what it is so that everyone's doing the, the same thing. Everyone knows where they stand. Yes. So, yes. Yeah, all, all good stuff. Um, 
Right, well, shall we start with the news then? Yes. Um, I think the first one on the list is the government have opened their furlough applications with HMRC as of six o'clock this morning. That's for all those who are employees and can apply for 80% of their earnings. Have you got any anything to expand well, on that? Yes, only that it's, it's a new system and um, the HMRC have tested it vigorously, they say, and they feel they can cope with demand. Yeah. But um, a lot of people will have logged in first thing this morning to try and get their claims in. I think there might be something in waiting a couple of days because it takes six days for the claim money to come through anyway. Yeah, it said they're going to pay very quickly, but it's certainly within six days of the applications going in. Yeah. So sometimes it's prudent to wait a couple of days because the big rush will have already happened yes. in a couple of days' time. And there's going to be teething, be teething problems yes. for the first couple of days as well. Yeah, they're not expecting it to crash, um, which is a good thing. It sounds like they've done their homework and they're expecting it to go smoothly, so let's hope it does. Well, I think with the system that they've had so far with uh, the businesses and all the other um, applications they've had for the variety of different um, stages that they've had during the lockdown they've increased their capability and the capacity over those times anyway. And yes, they did have a few teething problems and a few crashes to start with, but it does seem, because it all goes through the same portals, so I'm yeah. guessing that they've ramped everything up, they've got more systems in place. So hopefully this will, should, fingers crossed, everything should run fairly smoothly. Yes, and it, it's not really something that we can report on because we're both self-employed so no, it's, right. it's not something we're going to experience ourselves so it would be but down to other people to re let us know how they're getting on i would love to know i'd love to hear um i believe the um the claims that fenland district council did for business rates and the rural rate, rate relief scheme. yeah 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 um, they've gone exceedingly well. So They have, and I know someone who, although they weren't picked up in the initial sweep, because uh, we mentioned about if, you, if you've not heard anything, then you've got the uh, letters that you can submit to say, yes, I'm here and I'm, I'm a, a business. And they've gone through the process and they've been accepted as well. So, And they will, get, they will get their um, funding in due course as well. So... Which is really good news. It, it is positive that, you know, the system is working, you know, as long as you, either they get in touch or you get in touch, the process seems to be fairly straightforward and, and the applications are fairly straightforward. Obviously, they've got to get paid, but the the general point is that they have been accepted and payment should be forthcoming. Everybody I've spoken to was paid within about three days of submission of the form. Oh, that's after, good. After clarification, yes. So, so that that's good, um, and and well done to Fenland District Council for getting it sorted out so well. 
Yes, they've been quite. That's excellent. Yeah, they've certainly been quite proactive. Um, I don't know if it should be a surprise. It shouldn't be because that's what you expect. But it's nice to know that the people who are in charge of our region are on the ball, it and that is. we're not having to chase them up. We're not having to make complaints or you know they're they're doing what they're supposed to do and everything is more or less working as as advertised we just need the banks to follow suit don't we now (laughs) yes if if they're still open (laughs) well very good point um yeah it's i mean that's the thing though i mean having all lost a lot of branches we are having to travel further and further and which is then causing more problems because you get more people outside the branches that are left open because you've yeah. lost that element. And especially now that uh, Chatteris has lost its post office as well, you know, we have no finance financial centre in the town. Terrible. Um, so, yeah, it's, I mean, we've got the postal the, the parcels element of it but not the actual counter so yeah it's it's um a difficult that, that, time at that's the moment terrible. that means that chatteris is less well serviced than the villages surrounding you yeah because you know village post offices you can go in pay your checks in well, that was always going to be the the weak point we mentioned when uh, Lloyd's and then Barclays disappeared within like literally six months of each other. And we said, you know, you can't. I mean, I know at the time they both did their independent reviews at the same time. So I don't think they'd taken into consideration if one went, the other shouldn't. Uh, yeah. But by then, everything had had. Uh, the wheels had started moving and th- they obviously didn't want to backtrack because they'd put things in place. But that w- there should have been a consultation at some point to say, well, if we down to one bank and a post office, now the post office is massively overstretched anyway, but to lose both banks and then have to re- rely 100% on the post office and then all of a sudden the post office is gone. You know, people didn't expect to be a situation where the post office had, had closed as well, because we thought, well, at least there'd be some kind of any kind of financial um, um, gateway in in the town. And now there's nothing. David, was that coronavirus related um, for the for the post office shutting in? I think it was. Yeah, it's because of the situation. Nothing. Uh, I don't think it was anything else. It was it, it was down to um, health and coronavirus. It's that's really unfortunate, but it was very sensible of um, the proprietors to do that. Really, wasn't it? Yeah, but it does raise a lot of issues about uh, banks and financial supports in in small towns. It does. Because yeah. it shows then that, you know, the banks are losing money because unless people are getting to and from branches out with, and of course with the reductions of bus services, if you haven't got transport to the next village, because obviously fact aren't running, are they? No. So how are people getting to and from their other towns to 
to do the funding because you can't put cash into an online bank account. No. You physically have to take it to a branch of some kind. So your nearest ones are Ramsey, um, March. Oh, Ramsey, wow. They've That's got quite a, a way, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so that, Ramsey is TSB, Lloyd's is um, March, um, and Huntingdon, and I guess there's, there's branches in Ely as well. But wherever you go, you've got to go 20 minutes, half an hour in any direction to find the nearest nearest bank. Yeah, terrible. So, yeah, that's um, that's a pain. That's a real pain. However, just going back to um, HMRC, they are planning to set up a whistleblower as well oh, for, for business who who are carry on working, but saying that they're in furlough. Oh, this is a hot topic, isn't it? It wow. is. I mean, there are, there are lots. There've been. I've been hearing of uh, various companies that have been trying to do it. I know some of them have stopped now, but there are businesses that are making things difficult for customers and employees, and and also the um, the local health of the local population by trying to keep going. So if there are businesses that are abusing the system uh, then HMRC will be down on them like a ton of bricks and say they're setting up they're in the process of setting up a whistleblower uh, application and that also goes with ECOPS as well which we've mentioned before that also have a page for for people and small businesses who are um, in breach of lockdown as well Right, okay. Well, that's that's very handy because some people might feel strongly if they come across a business that is breaking, they they know for a fact is breaking the lockdown rules. They, they need to be spoken to at least, don't they? They do, yes. And, mm. you know, people are not going to take kindly to businesses that carry on abusing the system. Mm. So, yes, it's... Uh, it's in the HMRC's best interest to make sure that uh, companies are complying with, with furlough and they're not carrying on operating and claiming uh, furlough for, for the staff. You, you either have one or the other. You know, back in episode one, yeah. <laughs> a long time ago, we were both saying that if companies don't act ethically now, it will have an impact on them and their customer base later on after coronavirus is all over. Yeah. So it's in it's difficult. It's a really difficult time for people. But the the law can't be broken and people are watching and they're looking and they're considering how businesses are acting at the moment, aren't they? Yeah. And especially when they get found out and press coverage is, is then following it. Mm. You know, once it's out there in the in the media, it's it will stay there for, for many years. Mm. So the first thing you do is when you go looking for a company and you do your, your research, you Google them, and then you get all these news articles about how they behave badly. You know, that's... 
it's 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 going to be a case like when you go for a job interview they do their research on you you do your research on them and you know it works both ways you know do you mm. want to work for a company that has very low morals regarding other people and, and its staff well it, it can also have an impact on the quality of staff that they're able to recruit as well yes eventually yeah that's very very true the mm. ones who would want to go there who are looking for something more high skilled or whatever may go elsewhere because they feel that okay this this is not a company for me mm. so talent and you know your future talent for the company could end up going to a different town or a different business mm. so yes it will it will hurt them in the long run it will so okay we're going to just briefly mention about cars just or just traffic in general the one thing that i've noticed last week uh in comparison to the first three weeks is the first three weeks the number of vehicles and people on the streets was going down it got quieter and quieter and quieter last week it was almost like nothing had changed regarding the virus it, the the traffic has just skyrocketed again you know i think even even on the clap for carers at least 20 cars went past within the couple of minutes that we were on the doorstep and there's a lot of people who are making unnecessary journeys they're using the cars unnecessary um, i know for a f fact that there are people who are using the cars for multiple journeys during the course of the day now you're not telling me that every single one is essential not you know, just one trip not, not one just one not just day. one not well even if it's one trip for work and one trip for fitness or health yes so at least two um or minimum of three or a maximum of three trips because if you go shopping but you're not going to be shopping every day and you're not necessarily going out to to exercise every day so you know at least or a maximum of, of two trips per day and some people are going out several times a day and there are quite a few um young people not going to stereotype uh who are in cars and they're driving up and down and they're using our town as a racetrack certainly later in the evenings when there is less traffic you can hear them screeching tires and and all sorts of um not the normal sounds you'd associate with someone driving through at 30 miles an hour uh, there's a lot of speeding there's a lot of unnecessary back and forth you know and just general people out and about and going back and forth unnecessary yeah that's interesting doris has mentioned that actually oh is she yes she has it's, it? it's very very interesting well, we'll shall wait. I say, just, no, we'll, shall I tell you? Well, we'll wait for Doris's bit when she can. We'll wait. We'll wait for Doris's bit. Yeah. But Doris <laughs> is on the ball. Yes, um, she is. But this ties in with half a dozen uh, car crashes that have happened over the Fens area. Uh, there was one Friday or Saturday. There was a, a white car that allegedly uh -huh. swerved to avoid a cat. Now, if he was doing 30 miles an hour in that residential area, there is no way he would have driven 
done that much damage and he would have been able to stop if he saw a cat um, that, I think there's that, a lot of questions about that that photograph of the vehicle how on earth did it end up there the, I mean, the mind boggles it really does it's, it's it? lucky that no one was hurt yeah apparently there was an animal in the car was there? Somebody put, well, somebody put on Facebook there was a little dog and the dog was fine. But, oh, you know, poor oh, animal. Was the dog the dog driving the car and it was chasing the cat? <laughs> it's the dog's fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there's various, I mean, there's pictures in Whizbeach where there's cars upside down and there's, there's all sorts yeah. of things, cars in ditches and... and People driving too fast, not paying attention to the road, treating it like racetracks and things, and and that's what happens. Life's... Wouldn't you hate it if a car landed like that on your property? No. It would just be awful. There's enough going on without your house being impacted. Well, there's, there's been houses that I've seen where they've been hit by a vehicle, and it's taken them 18 months to get the house first of all get the insurance payout and then getting the builders in to get the surveys done and then getting the house rebuilt you know it's not just like a, a quick fix you know it, you you do something you know th two seconds of your life where you lose control and you you cause all that damage you know they've got to live with it for 18 months before they get their house sorted you know yeah. it's a massive disruption just because you've been a bit of a yes <laughs> bit of an idiot yeah. a covid idiot yes <laughs> so yes um if you're out and about don't drive unnecessarily don't go out more than you need to stay indoors stay stay at home you know i don't mind i've not got a problem with key workers and uh, and people who need to go to work to drive to work you know that's that's a fact of life that has to happen but I'm sure there are a lot of people who are going out just because of the board. You know, there's this four weeks into lockdown and like, oh, what should we do? Oh, we'll just go out for a drive because we're bored and there's nothing else to do. You know, that has to stop. Well, David, though, something is happening. You know, when you look at social media pages and people are saying, please just stay home and only go out if you absolutely need to. Yeah. So, for whatever reason. And then people are saying, oh, the sooner we get back to normal, the better. Why has why has this apathy come in and thinking, well, if we just disregard the lockdown rules, we can get back to normal quicker. Yeah. When a quarter of the world's airports are closed completely, this is serious. Yeah. It, it, it's it's not a joke. And I don't understand why people are suddenly thinking, oh, it's business as usual. We can carry on. We can't. We can't. Our schools are closed. Yeah. And um, you can't go and visit a loved one when they're in hospital. You can't grieve properly when somebody passes away. These things are really serious. And they're being ignored. I mean, that's that's the thing. It, all the other... I mean, it, these are stats from a few days ago, but 
most areas in the UK, the number of cases has started to fall, except in the east. Really? It's still going up. Okay, I didn't know that. That's I mean, that's a couple of couple of days ago. Um, yeah. And I think they said like two hundred and twenty-two deaths in Cambridgeshire alone. Now, I've, I've not uh, been no. able to find the stats to find out what's happened since then. Uh, but I know that you know East Anglia is still on the rise. You know, everyone, everyone out of London and the north east northwest they're starting to to come back down slightly. You know they've gone past their peak if and things are beginning to be more manageable but here and it it sort of ties in with this disregard for um taking this seriously wow. you know as we're going to say you know sixteen thousand people have died you know if you wow. take that what did i say um Last week we had a run of 800 people dying uh, each day in the UK. Yeah. Now, to put this into perspective, Chatteris has got, I don't know, 14, 15,000. I don't know what the, the current totals are because we've not had a proper census for a while. But that's like two weeks. Now, 800 people, if 800 people died in Chatteris each day, then the entire population would be dead within two weeks. You know, at what point do are people actually going to realise that this is a disaster? You know, this is a it disaster waiting to happen. And there are cases in Chatteris and all the yes. other towns, there are cases where people have got coronavirus. Yeah. Oh, yes. I, I, I'm shocked because I know people now. I, I didn't know if I would know anybody. So I personally know people. And you just sit and worry and think, you know, and you read about how the virus takes over the body and you think, oh, my word, those people are experiencing that. It's a horrible thing. It is, you yeah. want anybody to have it. So... It is quite horrific when you actually start listening to what they say and start listening to those who have recovered and what they've gone through when it's I mean yeah there's going to be a few people that have a a slight temperature and a and a bit of a cough for a bit and it is a bit like a flu symptoms for some people but if they get the whole blown thing when they end up in ICU it's it's horrific you know they People are fine one day and they're gone the next day. You know, it is exactly. so fast. You know, this thing exactly. happens so fast. Exactly. And then you take it one step further. And I know we've concentrated a lot as a nation on the NHS. But, you know, when I think about an NHS worker, especially in the critical care mm. departments, all... I'm thinking is how is what they're doing on a daily basis any different than checking for IEDs? Mm. You know, the the mental strain there yeah. must be on each and every one of those workers. And it's horrific. We shouldn't be putting them in that position. And we should do our bit 
to try and stay healthy. We really should. We should definitely. It's you know we're putting them un- under unnecessary death. I mean there shouldn't be this many deaths if people were self-isolating. Oh. You know we should be looking at the figures like they have in Germany. You know three or four thousand deaths. You know it shouldn't be four times that amount. This is just because people will not self-isolate. You know, you've seen the pictures every weekend of people going out and sunbathing and meeting up in parks. Now, they keep saying that they're not going to shut parks at the moment, but there's going to come a time when there'll be complete lockdown, like in Italy, you know, which has had some like 20, 25,000 deaths. You know, know, how many more people have to die because people just want to go out and, and sit in the sun? I don't know. I don't know. But I hope that having this conversation helps people think twice. I hope so. Yeah. Because it is so frustrating. You know, yeah, I would like to go out and go walk in the park and go out and about and visit places and see people. But, you know, we've all got to do a bit. I tell you what I can't wait to do, David. I can't wait to book a holiday somewhere nice. I just want to. I'm thinking, oh, the first thing I'm going to do is look at holidays when we get the coronavirus pandemic all clear. Yes. It's going to be great. I don't know how long it will take for airports to reopen properly, though. And, you know, are we going to be able to fly to destinations that we've usually flown to? And, you know, there's going to be lots of things to take into consideration, aren't there? Well, I think the airports are going to open up fairly quickly. Once everything is set back, it'll be down to which other countries are opening the borders. So, if, you know, flights will still carry on. They'll still go ahead. It'll just be your destination will have a big impact on whether it's available. Yes. Yeah. Uh, what else have we got? You've got some news on t- Captain Tom. Oh, yes. Captain Tom. His 100th birthday is April the 30th. He's just wonderful, Captain Tom, isn't he? He is, he's, yes. He's, he's our hero. He's he, one is, of, he is no. one of many heroes, we should point out. <laughs> That's true. He there, is one there. of many. But he's just incredible. So he's, he's 100 on April the 30th. And there are a lot of people signing petitions for him to have a knighthood, which is wonderful. Um, but it would be great if he received lots of birthday cards, don't you think? Yes, he would. It, I think it's but, a brilliant, brilliant idea. Now, I do, if I heard this right, I heard that he was going. they were planning to do a fly-past. Yes, they're looking at that red arrow, yes. Yeah. They are, yeah. So, so that would be great. We have got captain tom's address if anybody would like to send him a birthday card get in touch and we'll pass it over brilliant you got some college of west anglia news i have thank you thank you for reminding me david (laughs) (laughs) um tomorrow the college of west anglia kawa um are having a live stream q and a for um, parents and new students um, 
It's going to start at six o'clock and subjects covered will be transports, entry requirements and grades, college life, financial support and other support that's available. So have a look at the College of West Anglia's Facebook page okay. um, for more information. Excellent. I mean, that's one of the things that has to sort of go ahead anyway, because they don't know whether they're going to restart or not. But you've still got to go through the same clearing process. Yeah. So just because the qualification, the exams results are going to be assessed, they will still come out anyway. I mean, there will be estimates on, on your performance anyway. But they, the actual process of the certification will, will happen and the clearing process will still happen and the entry dates will still stand in September, September, October time anyway. So everything else will still need to be kept in place. Now, I'm still aware that um, student accommodations and stuff are still happening. You know, the the guy, the people who are looking after uh, accommodation in towns are still going through the same process of allocating for, for new students as well. So that's still still happening. So there's still a lot of things still happening. So just because you're off school now, don't stop thinking that actually everything else is still um, all set up for those who are going on to further education. Yes. Yes. All good news. Anything else? Well, Sorry. Um, no, I was going to say it, it will be it will be wonderful when young people can get back to college. College life's important, I think. I think students in general have, or I think children in general have suddenly had a change in the appreciation of what they have. There's this, you know, suddenly without being without school, um, lack of lack of education and lack of being able to mix with their friends. You know, everyone takes it for granted and nobody wants, you know, nobody likes going to school. But, but I think there's suddenly a shift where people actually, kids who actually want to go back to school and they're actually missing it. Do you know, that, that springs to mind something there, David. Do you know when you're young and you're at school and adults tell you school days are the best days of your life? Mm. Actually, these young people will start to realise that and appreciate it, won't they? And there's certainly a lot of videos where kids have been quite creative in keeping themselves entertained. You know, we've got I think that's not hurt people with the using their imagination because you mm. get a lot of them are, oh, I'm bored, I've got nothing to do. Well, now you're actually in a position where you will be bored because there isn't anything to do and you're beginning to see a lot of resourcefulness coming through where people are being creative and they're, they're trying to keep themselves entertained and they're, they're making wacky videos and or they're doing things. They're actually, you know, like we mentioned last week, you know, they're creating things for for the NHS with their 3D printers, you know, so I do. basically yeah. there is a need and people will be, will, will find solutions to, to the problems. And that's, and, but it's great to see that, that 
kids are embracing this and and being part of it and they're actually doing something as well and they're you know and as well as the the homeschooling you know homeschooling goes back today for for a lot of kids because i'm sure some of them have had a, a break over easter as well yeah so I'm, I'm sure they'll be looking forward to actually getting back to some kind of structure and routine again even if it's just in the house yes i hope so it does some good and they'll look back yes. in years to years to come fondly on these these few months they will. They will. It just actually just reminded me. I saw it was a cartoon yesterday, but talking about the the new generation of kids. You know how you had the snowflakes and the millennials and stuff. These ones are going to be called the coronials. <laughs> All the children who grew up oh. post two twenty twenty. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> I think we should get that trending. Okay, that's uh, news. Anything else to add to that? Well, I, I will add one thing. Okay. The East Anglian, the, yes, the East Anglian Air Ambulance Charity. Yes. They need £100,000 to keep their crews safe whilst operational and saving lives mm -hmm. with PPE. Yeah. So they've set up a fundraiser. If you log into the East Anglian Air Ambulance Charity Facebook page, there's a link that goes through to a fundraiser. And um, I checked this morning, it was on about £2,500. So they're starting to get quite a few contributions made, which is good. Well, actually, I was going to mention something about that anyway, because I had a bit of a story, which was the, the fact that Prince William has now returned to duties there he's brilliant isn't he yeah so that's, that's just wonderful so that's excellent so i think they, they announced it on the 11th of march that he would return uh because they are desperate for staff like any other business and any charity organization they can only work with with the people they have and if you know if they're going down sick as well then you know they need to have uh, spares and resources as well so yes it heard that i think it's this week he's going back or s i think it is this week yes so it's going to be nice to have him back in the air again yes so there you go some of your contributions might go to keep keep prince william safe that would be wonderful yeah, wouldn't it would <laughs> the future king yes um Okay, well, stats this, as of yesterday, uh, number of cases worldwide is about to reach two and a half million. Uh, number of cases in the UK as of yesterday was 120,067 cases and 16,060 deaths. Now, we did have a slight dip yesterday of over 500, down from... 800 uh, but that may just be a, a dip because we had about 10 days ago we had a, another dip where it dropped down it may just be a, the legacy of something that happened a week ago uh, I don't know maybe it was just sort of the way it was recorded over over the weekend I don't don't know what the or maybe it is actually starting well 
maybe it is a genuine case where the, uh, there has been a drop in, in deaths. Um, that would be good. But we're certainly seeing that um, if you go onto the, the wiki page for um, the statistics for coronaviruses in the UK, that they've now added the columns for cases recorded by the Office of National Statistics. So they're putting in hospitalised cases and the ONS cases as well. So at the moment, the last entry for them was the 4th of April, and that was about 2,000 more cases than those reported in hospital. So that was about 4,500 then, and they were reporting about 6,500. So that was 10, 16 days ago. So obviously it's going to take some time to... Well, it won't catch up. It will just continue to, to stay a couple of weeks behind. Yeah. Wow. It's the thought, isn't it? It is. So, yeah. So I'd say if it is, say, six or 700 on top of what we've got today... So we're looking at 16,600 16, uh, maybe, and then add another 2,000 at least on top of that. You know, you're looking at 18,000, 19,000 in total deaths in the UK at the moment. So, yeah, it's not, not nice. No. And every, every death is, is an unnecessary death. Absolutely. Okay, we'll move on to Doris, our <laughs> daily Doris section. Uh, Thank you, David. What 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 is Doris doing today? What is Doris doing today? Doris is reminding us that this week the bin rotation goes back to normal. So, whichever day you usually have your bin collection. That will be the day of the week that your bin is collected, hopefully. Mm -hmm. um, and it's blue and brown bins this week. Yes, it is, yes. And that's and the same for Chatteris as well. Oh, yes. I think we're the same across Fenland, aren't we? I think so, yeah. Yes. Um, Doris has said, so following on from our earlier discussion... These are the words that she's put, so I'm going to quote. Doris said she thought that our discussion on the rules was very helpful in episode 10. Mm -hmm. But she would like to clarify some points. Okay. She says, please do not go out unless you have to buy essential items, fuel to collect essential items. If you're going to work because you cannot work at home, Driving to a place of exercise, collecting prescriptions or food and prescriptions for vulnerable people. She says this means do your essential shopping driving once in the same journey as collecting your prescription, items for vulnerable people, filling up with fuel, post and to a place of exercise. Well, that's it. That's that's common sense. I mean, we talked about individual cases, but yes, you want to mi minimise the amount of times that you are outside. So if you can do multiple trips or multiple things together, then that is the, the way to go. Yes, yes. Um, 
And, and she says the exception is obviously people driving for business purposes. Yes. And she says if you stick to driving a minimal number of times per week, you won't overstep the lockdown rules. Mm -hmm. Remember the lockdown rules. This is what Doris says. Remember the lockdown rules. <laughs> yes, I think I'm going through about one litre per week at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> I am saving a fortune, I know. which is really good. <laughs> it does make a difference. I think I filled up in the middle of end of March. Just after the lockdown started, I filled up the car, and I don't think it's actually budged from the, the needles that you moved. <laughs> that is absolutely amazing. But that reminds me of a joke. Okay. So the coronavirus pandemic reminds me of what it was like when I was 17, because the fuel was cheap, the roads were quiet, but I was grounded. <laughs> <laughs> the question was, what were you grounded for? <laughs> I know. I was consistently grounded. There are too many reasons. <laughs> I, can't, I don't believe that. Oh, thank you. Everybody else did. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't actually recall being grounded anywhere. Really? I think I was always in trouble. Good. No, no, I was. I just never got caught. <laughs> Oh, you were very clever. Yes. Okay, well, we've talked about uh, interviews, sorry. Norm yeah, normally we go to interviews. Uh, was that everything from Doris, was that? That's everything that, from, from Doris. Doris, thank you. Um, yeah. No interviews today, but we are planning to uh, interview um, some people lined up. We talked about, we've got a bereavement coach that we're going to talk to, and we've got a lineup of a few others that we have so it's just we're just going through the process of uh, getting in contact with them and, and arranging times to actually do that uh, in the next couple of weeks so that's more details to follow yes it's very exciting so once we have the interviews we can then give you a list of who's coming up uh, but so we'll give you more information as we have them uh, life of lockdown, we've talked about Prince William, which is great news. Um, now, one thing that has been a bit of a, a hot topic is migrant workers in the UK. Mm. That seems to have set off a lot of people, um, which is unnecessary to start with. But basically, about three weeks ago, the government got in touch uh, made an announcement and said because we're going to be short of workers this summer we need to have people volunteer to work on the fields well not volunteer but to put themselves forward to to work on the on the um the fields during the start of the picking season and it didn't matter whether you were um if you're on furlough so even if you you were you were currently working but in furlough, um, so you had time available, and if you're a student, or if you were just interested in in doing the job, and that was put out a week ago, it was found that hardly anyone actually applied. So the government then made the decision that we needed to get migrant workers who normally work 
over from East Europe to fill in the gap. And the first plane arrived yesterday with the first 150 workers. Now they've all been checked, they've all been tested and they've made sure that they're not, uh, they're all coronavirus free. And they've all come to work in East, East Anglia area. They're also coming over here to train the people that are um, are going to be working in the fields because that's what they do. That's they have year on year experience, so they know how to to run the the field picking efficiently. So that's their expertise. So they're coming over and they're working with us and also training. But the backlash that we're seeing on social media on the um, discussion pages in the, in the local areas. It's just appalling. It's just, you know, we've got back to this, oh, they're coming over here, they're doing our jobs. And then they've got the other ones are saying, why are they coming? You know, well, you know, we should be allowed to do these jobs. Well, this is the whole point. Everyone in the UK was asked to volunteer their time to work on the fields. And nobody or next to nobody has applied, or if they have applied and they've been refused, they've been refused for certain reasons. But they haven't met the quota. There have not been enough people volunteering to, to do this work. So you can't then complain if other people are coming in to do it. You, you've got that situation again. You, know, yeah. you either get off your backside and go and do it because you're allowed to. And you can go and work outside in the nice weather and get paid for it and help <coughs> your local economy. Yeah. It's a win-win. But people are quite happy to, to just either moan about it or not do it. Mm. Yes, it's fascinating. Well, some of the um, comments that I saw, David, people seem to be of the understanding that um, the migrant workers that have come in aren't being tested. And that seems to be a problem. Then there have been coaches with people in that have been spotted and they don't know if they're migrant workers or not mm -hmm. but the physical distancing rules haven't been adhered to so there's misinformation out there well if everybody has been tested when they've got on the plane and they've all oh. been cleared then that shouldn't matter. Yeah. But I know that, um, I think it was EasyJet have said that they've blocked off the middle seats of the planes anyway. So even if they're flying, they're, they're putting in distancing automatically anyway. Oh. Um, but yeah, unless you actually know for definite those buses were... But then if they're all together, all travelling together, and they're all clear, then it really makes no difference. That's a good point. So it shouldn't matter whether they're all together on the bus because they're all not, they, they don't contain it. If you don't know the history, the medical history of the people, then yes, you need to quarantine or you need to use social distancing because you don't know what the other person's gone. But if everyone has been checked, which they've said, and they've all been tested and, and they've all come, they're all clear, then it shouldn't matter. Because um, um, it's not going to suddenly spring up from nowhere. No. No, it's interesting. So, but yes, please appreciate the work that other people from other countries are doing to come and help us. 
because you can't be bothered to do it. Anyway, enough of that. <laughs> I'm beginning to sound like Chris Moles now. Well, I'm having, having I, a Monday morning rant. <laughs> when I was a teenager, we used to do potato picking yeah. and potato, potato riddling. Uh, and it is really, really, really hard work. It I is. used to be quite. Oh, it, 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 I used to be quite spoiled because um, the chaps they used to walk ahead of me, and they'd fill their baskets and then they'd put them into the trailer behind, and I would fill my basket. They'd automatically pick it up for me and put it into the trailer. <laughs> I never. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I was always so fortunate. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I've done. Go well, on. I've done the fruit picking. We should yes, do raspberries and strawberries hard. and things. So. Do you know what's hard about strawberry picking? You and eat them. picking. Yes. <laughs> it's so hard not to, isn't it? Well, uh, they actually said, you know, we don't mind you eating them as you go along, but you learn very quickly you can only eat so many. <laughs> you can, can't you? <laughs> and then the novelty goes off very quickly as well. So, yes. It is. So, yeah, they, they they kind of just go, yeah, help yourself, because they know that you're not going to eat many. <laughs> OK, we'll, we'll leave migrant workers now for a, for another time, I'm sure, but it's a story that we will come back to. Um, yes. But we'll just say that another charity has uh, raised a call for desperate need for help, and that's Wood Green as well. So there's... Another, we've got the the Raptor Centre, we've got Hamilton Zoo, and now we've got um, Wood Green as well. Wood Green Animal Shelter uh, are desperately seeking resources of funding as well, because obviously I'm, I'm guessing they're in the same situation. They're receiving a lot of unwanted animals in this time yeah. as well, and they just don't have the capacity to, to look after. Um, so, yeah, if you can support them, if possible. Uh, and we'll add the list to, or add any others to that list when we come across them. Yes, absolutely. Uh, believe you've got something to say about posties? Oh yes, thank you. Thumbs up for postmen. So the post office are saying um, they would like to see photos of people's selfies done at an appropriate distance mm -hmm. with their posties um, to say thumbs up to posties, thank you for all you do. And if you can't um, get a, a, a selfie with the postman or post lady, post woman, post person, um, please draw some thumbs up and put them in your front window so, you, so the post operatives see them yeah. and they can appreciate that their work is appreciated by everybody yes we've got a good rapport with our our post posties and you know they they do a lot to help us and it's it is so appreciated uh, quite often run down the street after them going yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah they they are really wonderful people and they do go above and beyond to to help they everyone they do they do but, I mean, our postman, he will bang on the door and 
he'll stay for a little while, not too long, um, because I don't always hear in the house mm. if somebody's at the door. And, um, yeah, he'll say, right, I waited a little while. Here you go. Here's your pass. So it wouldn't go through the letterbox. I mean, that's so kind, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Because you're finding someone just banging on the door and then driving off. Yeah. And you're like, <laughs> how, how do you know? And they're not even ringing the doorbell. There's just, no. just it's like, well, if you've got gloves on or something, then just or use your elbow. You know, it's not. <laughs> I'm sure it can't be difficult because there's been a couple of times I've gone to the door and went, oh, someone's been. But then you've got stuff <laughs> on your doorstep and people that, like you say, we've got an increase in people going up and down the high street. You don't know, you know, someone could take stuff. Yes. It's, it's quite worrying at the moment. So. Mm. I think that's everything from me. So have you got anything else that we've not covered yet? No, I haven't. Uh, I think that's everything from me. Just to point out that the next show is going to be on Thursday and not Wednesday, as we've decided to make changes. We, um, Yes, we do apologise if you're avid fans, but we've, uh, we're just not able to sustain three shows a week just because of the, the amount of time it takes to actually produce the show. So we've decided to do it Mondays and Thursdays, so you'll be able to catch us then. Um, I think that's it. Thank you to everybody who has actually got in touch with the show. Thank you to everyone who's posted comments saying that you, you've enjoyed everything that we're doing so far. Uh, first figures for episode two was something like one and a half thousand views on Facebook. Um, it's just and we're getting a lot of views a lot of listeners on um, Audacity and Apple Podcasts so thank you for everybody listening there um, and we're getting a few views on YouTube as well uh, and I did promise that I would do a little video about how to find um, the show and I haven't done that I do apologise but that's uh, something in the planning well, hopefully now I've got a bit more time I'll actually be able to to, to yes. have time to actually make a video all about it um just a, a little video just to show you where you can go to to watch the show or listen to it um but yeah everything you know i'm not saying that it's perfect you know we've just found a routine and everyone seems to be enjoying what we've got and are fairly positive in their responses back mm. so we're, we're just going to stick unless people want changes then you know we'll just stay with the format and, and go with it yeah, it's it's delightful, really, isn't it, to know that there are figures like that, and we are we are getting positive feedback. It's great. I mean, as I say, we we kind of joked at the beginning that there was only going to be five an audience of five people, <laughs> you know, and we've we've sort of exceeded that. But yeah, to want to put all this effort in for something. And the worry is that no one is actually going to actually listen to it or watch it. And it's it's a big commitment to to do something like this on a on a regular basis. And I do appreciate you giving up your time to to help doing this. And it's not something I could do myself. I think I would get bored just listening to myself. So it, it's also it's nice to to have somebody else to 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 work with, uh, just to give a sort of a, a balance as well. And you've oh, well, got, thank you. And you've got more of the finger on the pulse on what's going on within the, the felon community as well. So, I think I think we do a good job together. We do, yes. Yes. So, yeah, long, 
long well, I say long no actually I don't say long may this last because <laughs> that's <laughs> the whole point is that this is only for the duration of the lockdown so hopefully it doesn't last very long you know we, we appreciate and we enjoy what we're doing you know uh, we, we will keep doing this for as long as as the lockdown continues um but at the end of the day you know it will come to an end and we'll move on with our life. I mean, we may look at doing some kind of a weekly podcast or a weekly roundup or something like that in the future as a, as a separate thing. Um, you know, maybe even hosted from the same place yes. and actually have guests <laughs> coming into the studio and actually talking, sitting around the table, and actually interviewing people, you know, in a, in a different life. Would be really great, wouldn't it? It would be. Um, there wouldn't be the upload delays. Then, no, we wouldn't. There? We'd actually edit the program there and then. It would actually. It, yeah. it, it would make my life a hell of a lot easier. It really would, wouldn't it? Yeah, that would be good. Um, okay, well, I think that's everything from me. That's everything from you. Uh, just say yeah. thank you for listening. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear rubber gloves. Whatever. Wear masks. Whatever you feel is going to give you peace of mind stay indoors don't go out unnecessary um and that's it from me uh, so goodbye from me goodbye goodbye